Hello, welcome to the Purposeful Parenting Podcast. I'm Harriet Rowe, wife and mother of four adult children, three girls and one boy, all graduates of the United States Military Academy at West Point. Grab a cup of tea or coffee, get cozy, and take in your weekly dose of Purposeful Parenting. Here we go. Today, we're going to cover the Love Language Words of Affirmation, Part 2. We're going to look at some of the things we as parents can tend to do that could potentially harm our kids, but because of the grace of God, He watches after us and our kids, and more often than not, they come out okay. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Again, that's Ephesians 4.29. Words can hurt our children. We can use the wrong words, the wrong tone, the wrong body language, and can do some emotional harm to them. But once again, because of God's grace and because he knows our heart, he helps us raising our children. Raising children is not easy. Being a wife and a mother and a number of us are also working out of the home can be very stressful. Interestingly enough, I'll share this with you. I was talking to our daughter, Allison, and was going over some of the points that I was going to cover. This was last week. And as I listed about 10 of them, she stopped and she went silent on me. And then she said, I violated every one of those this morning. Now, I'm sure most of us can sit back and say there are days when we do that. But once again, because God knows our heart, he knows that our kids are loved and he gives us what we need to know in order to correct it when we need to correct it. So let's cover some of the things under words of affirmation for the child whose this is their love language. Now, once again, all of our children need to have these things, but the child whose love language is words of affirmation, it's particularly important. Okay, first of all, when your child is talking, do you interrupt or do you listen? Well, if you ask your child a question and then you don't like the path it's taking, what do you do? Do you stop them or do you continue to just say, hey, just just stop, don't say any more? Well, God tells us in Psalms 141.3, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. So when we ask our children a question, the best thing for us to do is to either say, Johnny, can you hold off a bit? I'm trying to get Sally ready for school. I'm trying to get them out of the door, and then we'll talk. Rather than interrupting them, do something along those lines, much like what we would do to a friend. When you have made a mistake, say, I'm sorry. This teaches your child to apologize, 
and to take responsibility for their actions. I can remember one time I was working as a guidance counselor and one of the students was in, in my office and I forget what the conversation was, but I didn't believe what was being said and sent the student on his way. And as I sat there, I felt really uneasy about how the interaction has, had gone. So what I did, I went downstairs and asked the teacher if I could see that student and called the student out. And of course, they, she thought something was wrong. And I apologized. I said, you know, I am so sorry. I shouldn't have done that or said that. And once again, I don't remember the specifics, but I do know I needed to apologize. And that happens with our children, too. A lot of times we'll make a mistake. We'll think they did something and they didn't do it. And we need to say, I'm sorry. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So we need to say, I'm sorry. Ephesians 4.32. Limit when and how you tease your child. Now, remember, children don't think abstractly, and sometimes they don't get the sarcasm that we may use. And sometimes, you know, I don't get some of the sarcasm people use. So with jokes, think in terms of your child may internalize some of the things that you say, and the resulting effect could be negative. So don't tease your child too much. In Ephesians 5.4, foolish talk and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. Again, that's Ephesians 5.4. 2 Timothy 2.16 says, avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. So be careful with how you tease your child. And, oh, by the way, if your child tends to cry when you're joking, do not say, don't be a baby. That's not the thing you want to say either. Just once again, if you have to apologize, say I'm sorry and move on. Now, here's an interesting one. How often do you use the word no? I know once again, when you're busy, you're trying to get one child together, and you're maybe combing hair, you may be trying to get lunch together, you may be trying to get out for more. All these things are going on at the same time. And let's say little Susie comes up to you, and you say no. So she waits a minute, and she comes up to you again, and you say no. Okay, you get past that part, everything's calmed down, and it's just you and little Susie. And little Susie walks up again, and you continue to say no. Well, you don't want to overuse the word no, okay? Because the child will start to turn you off and will not listen. So don't say no. Now, here's another interesting story. 
there was a friend of mine who was babysitting a little boy, and I guess he was about two years old. And once again, this is with Allison. She was there, and with um, the babysitter I was working at the time, would say no so much to this little boy. Her thing was no, 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 no. Well, as it turns out, Allison thought this little boy's name was no-no. So you don't want to say no too much to your child. Proverbs 15:28a. The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. Another thing I want to say about um, no is don't make a promise too quickly. If you don't intend or think you can't, don't tell a child that you are going to do something and there's a possibility that you won't be able to. Here's another story. When I was younger, one of my older sisters had promised to do something for me. Now she's, what, eight years, nine years older than I am, had promised to do something. And later on, when she didn't do it, and I asked her about it, she said to me, promises are made to be broken. Now, once again, that just tore me up. Now, I knew that she was joking because she laughed and said, okay, let's go on and do this. But the fact that she said that just tore me up. But what it did, it put me in a position where I make sure that with my kids, if I couldn't do something, I just tell them, we'll have to hold off and see if I can do it. If I was going to do it, I would make sure I followed through. So don't tell your children that you're going to do something if you can't. Ecclesiastes 5.2 tells us not to make rash promises. And that goes for anybody, but especially for children. Now, when you're in a hurry, what's the tone of your voice? What's the level of your voice? Well, sometimes we'll tend to yell, to yell or scream, right? Yelling can make the children more aggressive physically and verbally. Yelling can be an expression of anger and it can scare children. Now, once again, with everything that's going on, and if a kid is upstairs and you're downstairs and you want them to do something because you have two wrapped around your legs, you may tend to not just call out so they can hear you upstairs, but it could come across as a scream or a yell. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So whatever you do, try to hold off on the screaming and the yelling. Now, let me say something here. I'm covering these things, but I was by no means perfect. There were a number of things that I didn't do, but there were a lot of things that I did do right. And I just want to let you know, I don't intend to be sitting here trying to make you think that I was perfect because I was not and my children can certainly tell you that but it is amazing how love can overcome a lot of the errors that we make as as parents
Here's one that I know I did not do, though, and that is to say, do as I say, not as I do, okay? Eliminate that phrase. If you do it, make sure you don't do it anymore, and hopefully you don't do it. But just think about what this is saying to your child. Really, it sets up a contradiction between your words and your actions because you're saying, do as I say, not as I do. So you're pretty much telling your kid that you don't, you'll say something, but you're not going to do it or vice versa. Your actions and saying that can really confuse a child. So eliminate that. Psalms 37, 30, 31 The godly offer good counsel. They teach right from wrong. They have made God's law their own, so they will never slip from his path. Eliminate the phrase, do as I say, not as I do. Another thing that especially high-achieving parents can tend to do is to pressure a child with high expectations. I say high achieving parents, but it can be any parent that wants their child to do really well. Don't tell your child if they're going to try out for something, oh, you're, you're going to make it. You're really good. I know you're going to make the, that team. And don't tell them that you know they've studied for a test, so you'll get an A on that test. It's going to be a breeze. Don't put that much of a burden on your child. Let them know that you're proud of them. If they tried out for a team, say, hey, listen, I'm proud of you because you tried out. So don't put high expectations on them, but cheer them on. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Proverbs 12, 25. Don't put high expectations on your child, but encourage them to do their best. Don't say things like, you never are you always. Now, I have to admit, I was guilty of this one. You never make your bed when I tell you to. Oh, man. Are you always stop and leave the cabinet door open? Always and never. Listen, on test, we were always told, there goes that word, always. We were told if a question has always or never any absolutes, usually that's not going to be the right statement. So don't, all, don't say things like you never or you always. What you want to do is use truthful statements. Proverbs 16, 24, gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. So don't use absolutes. Avoid this one because I said so. Okay. What's a kid going to learn if you just stop with because I said so? Give them a reason why something can or can't be done, and then they'll learn. It's best to be honest with them 
if there isn't a reason, just say, well, I don't really have a reason at this point, but no. <laughs> Furthermore, the because I said so answer can really cause resentment, especially if that's what they get all the time. Proverbs 15, 23. Everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. So avoid the phrase, because I said so. And here's one, don't exclude your child. Sometimes you might be out shopping and a friend, your, your child is with you and a friend comes up. Well, rather than acting as though your child's not there, just make an introduction. That sort of lets them, teaches your child politeness. Another thing where uh, kids can tend to be excluded is if there's a new baby and friends come over and they are going all excited about the new baby. Well, what you might want to do or no, what you should do is introduce your little ones, the ones that are have been there for a while, and bring them into the conversation. That will help a lot and go a long way in helping that baby to be welcomed. Another thing that we did with each one of our children, it uh, when Allison was the only child and then Lauren was born, Lauren coming home from the hospital had a gift to give to to Allison. Then when Allison and Lauren were the two at home, Kirsten had a gift that she brought for Allison and Lauren. And of course, when Dennis was born, he brought a gift to his three sisters. And that, I think, really helped them to feel like they were welcoming, the the young baby was welcoming them and vice versa. And you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. So by not excluding your child, you're teaching your child to be polite. Parents have an awesome responsibility in raising children. God left us written instructions to show us how we can take care of our children. And that's why I gave you a few scriptures that went along with the things that I was telling you uh, regarding words of affirmation. A lot of times as parents, we can really feel stressed and wonder how we're going to get through the day. Let me read Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds 
as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I read that because what I find that helps when I'm having a tough time is to have a gratitude journal. At one point, I was keeping writing 10 things every day. And then I thought, well, I'll write three. And I have to tell you, I wasn't as consistent as I needed to be. But I can tell you for sure, it made a big difference when I would sit down and write about the things that I was grateful for. If a child was driving me nuts and I felt like pulling out my hair, all I needed to do was think about the things that I was thankful for. Next week, we'll look at another love language. Until then, Parent on Purpose. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Purposeful Parenting. For more tips on parenting, or if you would like to reach out, please visit me on HarrietRowe.com and follow me on Facebook, Harriet Rowe. That's Harriet with two T's. I look forward to grabbing a cup of tea or coffee with you next week. Feel free to invite a friend. Until then... This is Harriet Rowe reminding you to parent on purpose.